What's up, everybody? Aaron the Dog here with MMA Stooges. And as always, I am joined by Brandon of MMA Wagers. And we are here this on this Wednesday to break down Bellator 258, Archuleta versus Pettis. Um, before we jump into this 12-fight card, possibly 13-fight card, um, Alan Omar and um, possibly Bryce. Bryce Logan were added last second. But um, we weren't able to break that down, nor is it officially on Wikipedia or Tapology. So we'll have to see. Um, but leaning Alan Omar on first thought, but haven't looked into it at all. Um, I know that Bryce Logan's obviously been fighting MMA a lot more regularly than Alan Omar, who I think was over in BKFC for a while. So, um, but yeah, how you doing, man? Uh, good, good, Aaron. Um, just a jam-packed MMA week like usual. We got uh, the PFL weigh-ins will probably start uh, once we're finished this uh, podcast up. And then yep. we got Bellator weigh-ins tomorrow plus PFL. And then we got UFC weigh-ins Friday plus Bellator. And then we got UFC Saturday. So we are just it's just a loaded MMA week and I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I've like I kind of felt dumb asking how you're doing since we're talking so much and on screen so much together. It's like kind of a disingenuous how you doing there. So maybe tomorrow yeah. I won't even ask you since we'll be back tomorrow at 3 30 yeah. uh, Eastern time. Just want to mention that off the start. Um, anytime there's a PFL on Thursday, we're going to go at 3 30 uh, to be done by the time the PFL starts. So uh, just a little note there, but yeah, we are on to uh, the Bellator 258 breakdown uh, screen share is back. Uh, do you believe in love after love? Uh, that's a share song. So that was just a joke. Uh, this is taking place in uh, Connecticut, like the home away from home for Bellator. I don't know why they love Connecticut so much, but they really go there more than any organization I can ever remember. Um, we've had a few fights fall out, but all together, uh, I'm uh, looking. I'm definitely looking forward to this card. I think top to bottom, Bellator is doing a great job of actually you know, stacking their events now. Um, and the, again, we've said this a few times out, but the Bellator prelim stigma, I think is pretty much gone at this point. Um, we start out with, uh, you know, um, we'll start out. Uh, I'm ready to jump in if you are. Yeah, man. I was just going to say um, this Bellator card is arguably better than um, the UFC on Saturday. Uh, even yes. with all the fallouts, they have a lot of notable names fighting. Anthony Rumble Johnson makes his, Long-awaited return. We got a bantamweight championship with Juan Archuleta, Sergio Pettis, uh, Patricio's Pitbull uh, brothers fighting Patricky Pitbull versus Peter Queeley, who had one of the best walkouts of all time. Michael yeah, Venom Page, Hafeon Stouts, Lorenz Larkin, Patchy Mix. It's crazy. This is our Eric, Eric Perez, Eric Oyuto Perez, a seven and two guy in the UFC, yeah. starting out our prelims here uh, against well, Blaine yeah. Shutt. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, I I find this fight to be an interesting one. What's Blaine uh, nickname? Uh, so I will get to that now. Um, it is Shutdown. Oh, uh, spelled yeah. two T's. Um, he did fight at Feather or at Flyweight in his last fight, uh, fighting out of Pennsylvania. The 29-year-old, definitely known as a wrestler grappler type. Um, he's scrappy for sure. Five seven. Um, He's definitely wrestling first, um, and but he hasn't fought anybody um, 
on Eric Perez's level, first and foremost. Uh, he did have a win in his last fight over Johnny Lopez, who is 12 and 4. It was a split in CES. Uh, before that, he was over in CFFC, where he had a decision loss to a 22 and 7 guy. So he has been fighting guys with good experience lately. Uh, lost to Greg Fisher, who went on to face uh, Jimmy the Brick Flick in LFA for the flyweight title. Uh, but that was over in Shogun fights. Um, has you know has a got a key lock finish um, over a six and seven guy to win a title. Most of his wins not over guys of too much of note. Um, if I'm being honest, uh, and for Blaine shot five seven uh, fighting at one twenty five. Uh, I think he's got a pretty normal reach. I don't have it listed here, but I know that um, or I'm fairly certain he'll be at a reach disadvantage against Eric Perez, um, who definitely kind of is one of the more rangy 135ers, 19-8 for Goyito, 7-2 as I said in the UFC, 5-8, uh, 68-inch reach. I would venture to say he has a 4-5-inch to five inch reach advantage, if I had to guess. Um, 31 years old, uh, so still in that prime. Has lost his last two in Bellator, so already has as many losses in Bellator as he did his entire UFC run. So that's kind of interesting, yeah. but... Uh, Toby Mish uh, has been much improved lately. The 10-7 record I don't think is that indicative of how good he really is. And then Josh Hill is one of the best guys at 135, in my opinion. I think one of the best Canadian MMA fighters uh, currently, especially in the lower weight classes, and that was a good decision loss. So definitely he had some good wins. Taylor Laplace, uh Francisco Rivera um, are two of his better wins particularly. Um yeah, I, I like Eric Perez in this fight. Um, he's just the better, well-rounded guy for Blaine. He really has to get to the ground and stay on top, and I'm just not quite confident based on the guys he's faced and the guys he's beaten. So I got to go with Eric Perez here. Uh, I think that um, it is a possibility at a finish, but I think Blaine's scrappy enough to take this to a decision, so I like the, I like the decision for Eric Perez here. Yeah, we're on the exact same page. My uh, prediction is Eric Perez by uh, decision. Blaine Shutt has been uh, has lost by three decisions in his career, all by unanimous. Um, Eric Perez, UFC um, staple, seven and two in the UFC. He was really good, man. Like that's a good mm -hmm. record. And uh, I don't know if he just decided to part ways on his own or the, his contract just ran up. But um, I don't know. I'm gonna get off this quick. Sorry, the quick concrete ad is coming up, so I'm just gonna switch it. Oh yeah, yeah that. they're yeah, not paying us shit. So yeah, <laughs> if quick concrete wants to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he had a rough start in Bellator. 0-2. Toby did miss weight in that fight. Um, mm -hmm. It was in Hawaii as well, so Toby had a huge um, uh, uh, fan. A lot of fans there to support him, a lot of support. And Josh Hill, like you said, a very underrated Canadian fighter. He's fought in WSOF. Um, yeah, just a guy that nobody really knows of, but is very solid. He's 20 and 3. And I don't Only see. lost in the best, too. Yeah, if you really dig into his record, I see Josh Hill potentially maybe facing the winner of Juan and um, Sergio down the line. Um, yeah, Blaine's coming in short notice. We have a lot of short notice opponents here. Uh, Blaine making his Bellator debut. He's coming off a split decision loss. Get these scorecards. So one judge had it 
The other judge had it 45-50, and then the other judge had it 49-46. For, so, for, for Blaine. Yeah, for Blaine. So one judge had it 45-50 for the other guy. I don't know if he went for a bathroom break and just – And a 44-50, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So there What's was that? a 10-8 round? Man. I mean, this is the, the – you think that the judging at the top is bad. Imagine the judging on these lower level CES cards. Yeah. So we That's both got – yeah, so we both got Eric Perez. My, yeah. Not much we can do with this. Minus 500 to minus 450 is what I'm seeing on most sites uh, for yeah. him. But I do think there's a massive experience gap, a massive talent gap. I do think that it's still parlayable, honestly. Like you got to do what so. you got to do. Um, this is one of the, you know, there's some bigger favorites on this card, frankly, and of the ones we're comparing it to, I think this is one of the safer, bigger favorites. When you get a guy who's four and zero against a three and one guy is the same favorite as this, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Like Eric Perez has, is a pretty known commodity at this point. It's hard to imagine him going zero and three in Bellator after yeah. like his run in Combate and in the UFC. And I just don't think that Blaine has ever faced anybody like him. So short notice, everything together. We're on Eric Perez uh, in this one. And Five of his decision losses are by – four of them have been by split decision. So um, yep. imagine those went the other way. It could be a whole different story here. Exa yeah, exactly. Um, I, I do agree there. Um, we are on to the next fight here. It is at the um, what is this the one the one seven or one forty five division? Sorry, one I was going to say one fifty five one forty five division uh, featherweights Johnny Soto and Weber Almeida. Uh, Weber Almeida definitely one of the guys on this card. I'm most excited to see um, mm -hmm. based on his performances so far in the Bellator cage. Uh, he's looked. Basically, it's overused a little bit, but like a mini, uh, a mini Machida. He does fight out of Machida Karate. Um, but Johnny Phantom Soto, we have a lot of Johnnies on this card. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, like like three or four. <laughs> I think three or four Johnnies. Uh, here's the first. Uh, is this? A, yeah, this is our first Johnny, Johnny Soto, which sounds like a like. There's like a million MMA fighters called John, Johnny Soto. I don't know why. Yeah, there's a Joe like, Soto. Yeah, there's a lot of Sotos. For, I, I'm sure those are the only two I'm thinking of, but still. 5'9", 145er here on a three-fight winning streak since losing his debut by a body shot in round three. Uh, his wins, however, uh, the three guys combined for a record of 1-17. in 17. Ooh, uh, that In is three rough. fights. That is, as, that is just as padded that's, as you can get in MMA. That's Giga's early career. Higashikadze's yeah. early career, if you guys know of it. Right, and then when you saw when he had a slight increase to Austin Springer, what happened. So, um, interestingly enough, back in November of 2020, uh, Johnny Soto was supposed to face Gaston Bayonne, yeah. uh, which is another super impressive uh, stand-up guy. Now he's got a different super impressive stand-up guy. The 33-year-old Silverback uh Weber Weber Almeida who has just looked like a human highlight reel in his career yeah. so far um he's he's looked amazing uh four uh, three KOs inside of Bellator two of them in the first round the second one could have easily been stopped in the first round 
but just went long enough to get to the second round by just a little bit. Uh, that Castle Williams fight, if you want to go watch that, he slams him. He closes his eye. He just, I mean, it, it's a clinic, and all his fights have looked like that. His last fight, Weber took on uh, Salim Mukadinov, a 7-4 and four guy. Um, before that, he had taken on a 4-2 and two guy in Castle Williams, who Castle Williams just looked like he was not, shouldn't have been there. But uh, Salim did look uh, pretty good to me, and early on in that fight, they're trading back and forth, but Weber slips and has a counter right on Salim that just absolutely plants him. Uh, Weber actually has a YouTube video with Chinzo Machida where he breaks down that final strike. So he's a very cerebral striker, very smart, um, fights like a Machida karate style, and has a lot of pop to his punches. 33 years old, a late starter into MMA, but, I mean, he looks really good. I can't go against the hype train of Weber Almeida here. Um, I just think that Soto was being brought in here to be embarrassed by somebody on the feet, and Gaston, that fight fell through, and now Weber gets the gets the opportunity. I'd love to see Weber Almeida versus Gaston Balianos next. Yeah, this is surprising. I thought this was going to be a short-notice fight for Soto, but he came, uh, he weighed in November 2020 to fight Gaston. Mm -hmm. Um, I got, I don't know. I can't remember why that fight fell out. I think Gaston might've missed weight or who knows COVID. Um, so he's back now, uh, a few months later getting his official Bellator debut against a phenom in Weber Almeida three and zero in Bellator so far, so far five out of five finishes three out of five in round one. Two out of five in round two. Like you said, he's training with uh, Leota Machida, also Black House MMA and X-Gym. So like Jacare Souza, a lot of good grapplers. But he's not a submission guy. He's got all knockouts. I thought yep. he had submissions, but nope. he, he loves to stand and bang, man. Like head kick and punch, counter left hook, counter right hook. 71-inch so, you know, reach from a 5'7 guy. Yeah, that's also um, very strange. Like he's that's got wild. <laughs> yeah, and Wait, this, this is welterweight. Let's do. Uh, no, this is featherweight. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. When you watch Weber <laughs> Almeida, he looks like a welterweight. Yeah, that's, that's insane, man. Yeah, you see seventy one inch reach. I instantly think lightweight, um, welterweight. But yeah, no. So and I think looks... uh, Johnny has been knocked out. It was a body punch, mm -hmm. but third round. Johnny, um, his opponents, like you said, one out of 17. Weber doesn't have a, uh amateur record at all. I don't know if he had um previous, like, individual MMA competitions that yeah. we just don't know about. A lot of these fighters do, and they're not recorded. Because he's looked a lot better than just a five-fighter five MMA fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I he's agree. He's only had five fights as a professional. and He's, he looks he's, so composed in there, too, and confident. Yeah. Like, I really like what I see. I was going to say submission, but he has no submission. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go knockout, knockout, probably round two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I like the knockout in round one or round two. This is a minus 500 favorite. Um, Another he's, four, he's four and oh. Um, I do think he's levels above his opponent. However, I was able to see a few of the opponents Johnny Soto has faced, and they looked less than ready to go. Um, yeah. And Almeida right now, I mean, Machida just looked pretty good against Bader. So I do think that 
camp is, you know, running well right now. And, uh, yeah, I just think Almeida showcase fight for Mr. Almeida, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he's undefeated in Bellator 4-0, and he should get a rise in competition here with a W. Yep, I agree. Um, and so with that, we both have Almeida. We're moving on to the next one here. Uh, we are back in the bantamweight division. Henry Corrales is fighting third from the bottom on a Bellator prelim. Uh, crazy. That shows you how good this Bellator is. Yeah, uh, crazy to me. But, yeah, Henry Corrales uh, taking on Mr. John, our second Johnny of the night, Johnny Here we Campbell. Go. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a good night for the Johnnies, in my opinion. Because <laughs> no. uh, I – think that this is another fight where there's a little bit of a mismatch going on uh, here. Johnny Cupcakes, again. Johnny Cupcakes Campbell is 34 years old, uh, fights on South Shore Sport Fighting, uh, UFC Boston as well. Um, he is a he, – he fights at Bantamweight usually. Um, so, th you know, this is his natural weight class, 20 and 13, 5'6", 68-inch reach. Um, coming off a loss by a doctor's stoppage in 25 seconds against a guy, Ari Farias. I don't know who that is. I was able to watch this fight with Jeff Perez. Uh, this was a fight where Johnny Campbell lost the first two rounds to Jeff Perez. He was getting ha absolutely handled on uh, with the wrestling here. Um, and he was able to catch him in the third round and put him away. It was an early stoppage, but it is what it is. I mean... Johnny is a finisher. He's on of the um, of his five wins before his loss by Doctor Savage. They're all finishes to uh, by submission, a Kimura and an Americana, and three KOs. Um, definitely carries it throughout. Has a lot as a loss to a Johnny Lopez. I just haven't heard of a lot of guys he's faced. Frankly, uh, he beat White Dan Cormier. Uh, that's a guy who I've seen a lot of guys have wins over five and seven. Dan Cormier. Uh, has a loss to a six and fifteen guy. Um, don't like to see that ever. Um, yeah, there's just I don't. I think that Johnny Campbell took this on short notice. Props to him, very very brave. But Henry Corrales is definitely uh, a legit guy. Okay, is his nickname, of course. Uh, Eighty five, definitely known for knocking out Aaron Pico. Um, that was at, of course, that was at featherweight. Um, and since, since then he did move down to Bantamweight after a loss to Darren Caldwell, um, and to Juan Archuleta. He's not, and then a split against Gertz. He's decided to move down to Bantamweight for the first time in his career. So that's the weird, real holdup here. I don't think there's any rush since the other odds are going to be juiced for Henry. Um, I want to see what he looks like at the weigh-ins and what he looks like fighting at this weight. Before I put any money on him, I'm going to assume that he's unbettable. Henry Corrales has fought at bantamweight before. Yeah, but it's been a while. So Yeah, he was the king of the cage bantamweight champion. Um, yep. One successful title defense, but yeah, 2014, seven years ago. Yeah, he's, seven um, years ago. Exactly. 34 at this point. So yeah, that weight, uh, all that... Uh, lack of water and stuff is gonna might play a factor, but I don't think Henry's ever been knocked out. Um, 
He's lost by two submissions, two guillotines, and three decisions, two unanimous, one split. So he's not – he's never been knocked out in his career, so that's a very good uh, very good sign. Um, yeah, like you said, Johnny Campbell coming in short notice, uh, Bellator debut. Who was Henry supposed to fight? Let's double check here. Henry Corrales was supposed – yeah, Keith Lee, Kevin Lee's brother. Yeah. It would have been a lot more fun. I would have still taken Henry Corrales in that fight. Me too. So I'm definitely going uh, Henry Corrales. Johnny Campbell is 20 wins, 13 losses, a very uh, experienced fighter, 34 professional fights in total. If you watch Cage Titans, you're very familiar with him because he's 16-6 and six in that organization. So they just keep bringing him back. Um he, he has lost by three knockouts, but two of them have been doctor stoppages. So it's not like he's been completely out cold. One of them was like an ear. Something happened to his ear. And yeah. the other one was a uh, – it didn't uh, clarify what it was. But, yeah, he's got finishes uh, 6 out of 20 in round one, 6 out of 20 in round two. So he's definitely dangerous in the first two rounds. But Henry is a scary dude, man. He's a very skilled fighter. He shows very – Calm, cool, and collective. Uh, he shows a calm, cool, collective style. Very confident in his skills. Um, he'll he'll just walk you down and land the bigger shots for the three rounds. Sometimes the judges aren't on his side. I don't understand why. Because he's definitely the more um, aggressive fighter. And like against Brandon Gertz, we have another 27-30 for Brandon Gertz. While Henry won 30-27 easily. So that was a very strange scorecard. Um, maybe Henry doesn't want to go to this to the judges this time around because the judges have not been on his side uh, like a lot in his career. So let's get a knockout going. Does Henry does have uh, six out of his eighteen finishes are in round two? So I'll say round two knockout, especially mm -hmm. because Henry has only lost like Darian Codwell, a very uh, formidable grappler wrestler. Juan Archuleta, where Juan honestly didn't even show up to fight. Henry was was landing the better shots, and at the end of the, the fight, you could tell Henry won because Juan's face was more beat up than Henry's. But, again, the judges don't like him. And, yeah, Patricio Pitbull, Emmanuel Sanchez, split decision, Daniel Strauss. None of these guys are Johnny Campbell. This might be one of my most confident picks so far. Yeah. It's it's just a it's a rough price minus it's seven fifty to minus eight fifty I'm seeing. Uh, oh, the biggest X. favorite so far. <laughs> yeah, the biggest so far. Yes, yeah. um, there is a uh, one bigger favorite on this card. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it, it's you know I can if you can get it under seven hundred maybe you parlay it. But otherwise, I might just leave it alone. Just yeah, even the fight doesn't go the distance I'm not comfortable with because Johnny's a tough Christ dude. God. He's only lost by two doctor stoppages. Like, I, honestly, yeah, it might just be like a stay away, enjoy Henry putting a beating on this guy. Yeah, no, I I think that we're on the same page here. Uh, I definitely... Is that knockout or decision or no official prediction? Uh, I will say, I'll say a knockout for Henry. Um, I yeah. just think... Uh, he's, Especially if you want to get a rematch with Juan, like you want to, you want to get these finishes and highlight, highlight real knockouts. <laughs> exactly. Um, next fight here is at 185 between another Johnny, 
Johnny mm-hmm. Evelyn. Johnny Evelyn. Uh, luckily, Johnny Evelyn maybe is the hope for the Johnnies here. Uh, taking on uh, Daniel Madrid. Uh, yep. Demigod is Daniel's nickname. 37 years old now, 6'2", 76-inch reach uh, for the middleweight out of Arizona. Uh, Daniel Madrid is currently on a five-fight winning streak. Um, all of those coming by finish except for his last performance in the Bellator cage. A very close fight against Pat Casey. Uh, six and two it ended up being a split decision back in September. Um, we got to see Pat Casey uh, get flying need by Roman Feraldo, uh, who we got to see also recently. Um, and he looked pretty good as well. Madrid got a split decision against him pre- previous. Uh, previous to that, LFA, uh, middleweight champion, uh, defeated Seth Bozinski over there and Chris Harris. Chris Harris. 11 and three. Um, he was supposed to fight um, Impa Kasagane, uh, and then that fight got canceled from Corona. And then he was supposed to fight Austin Vandeford, and then Austin Vandeford had COVID, which is why he ended up facing Pat Casey. Um, Chris Harris, one of his wins, probably one of his better wins. Um, however, since facing Madrid, also lost to Joaquin Buckley and has not fought since then. So we don't know how good that win is. Madrid overall has been finished by punches against Ian Heinish and Alex Nicholson um, and also has been submitted a few times and also finished by Sang Su Lee. Uh, five of his six losses have come inside of the distance, two by submission, three by um, KO. And then Johnny Eblen is the Korean Canelo, uh, fights out ATT. Uh, 29 years old, definitely a good wrestler. Had a very impressive performance against Taylor Johnson, another good grappler. Um, also beat Marcio Alonso and Chauncey Foxworth. This is going to be his fourth fight in Bellator. Um, definitely seems like a legit guy, has good hands, but uh, I do think his wrestling is uh, strong enough to be used in this fight against Daniel Madrid, who kind of struggles a little bit off of his back, even if he has some submission wins. I just think this is Johnny Evelyn's fight to lose. Uh, he's the better performer, 29 versus 37. Um, I think that he can get him out of there with uh, possible strikes. Madrid's been put away three times by TKO. I could see Evelyn doing the same here as well. So I'll take Evelyn by TKO. Yeah, um, I'm I'm on the same page again. Like I like Johnny Eblin probably by decision though, maybe not by a knockout. Johnny Eblin is a very uh, decorated wrestler, uh, training out of American Top Team. We have a lot of American Top Team uh, fighters on this Bellator card. Um, he's in good hands over there. He's a three and zero in Bellator now, going for his fourth victory. Daniel Madrid did get that one. Victory in Bellator over Pat Casey could have went either way. I I watched that fight and I this is a, a rightfully so split decision. Unlike the other ones we've been talking about, mm-hmm. that honestly could have went either way. Um, Johnny Eblin is a big step up in competition though. Um, he's the I think he's going to be the bigger athlete, the bigger fighter. He's got the age diff like it's a it's an eight-year age difference. We got, Madrid, we got the young. Madrid will be slimmer, but he'll be longer. 
Yeah, and uh, Johnny should be thicker and stronger, in exactly. my opinion. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's going to ground out a decision win here. He's got four to seven finishes. Four of his seven finishes are in round one. So if he can't finish Madrid in round one, it's probably just going to be rinse and repeat. Maybe pick up a 29, 28, or 30, 27 decision. He has looked really dominant in his uh, decision wins. Um, 30, 26 against Mauricio Alonso we were talking about. Yep. Um, 30, 27 on, against Taylor Johnson. Chauncey Foxworth, another 30-27, so he's he's uh, scoring shutouts on these opponents. And I just don't think Daniel Madrid, like, I, he's an experienced guy. I'm, I just, just the, 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 the wins he has, I can't really, like, brag about. Seth Bozinski, who's 22 and 16 at this point, is yeah. probably... He was a favorite against Seth Bozinski. He was a favorite That's against Seth Bozinski at that point, too. Yeah, because Seth Bozinski is just totally off the rails now. He used to – I think he's also reaching the the 40 mark. Yeah, he's 39. So mm -hmm. um, that was another guy at his age age range. So – and Pat Casey, wasn't he a little older too? I'm 30. not sure. No, not as yeah. old. But honestly, Johnny Eblen is better than Pat Casey. I got Eblen's – Securing a unanimous decision, or like you said, possibly a knockout, because Alex Nicholson, Ian Heinish both knocked him out. Yeah, he's, he's been, been not, he's been finishing five of his six losses. Uh, yeah. This is one of my most confident picks on the card. To be honest with you, I just think there is a a big jump from Pat Casey to this, and he eked yeah. out that Pat Casey win. So, Evelyn, I'm loving this price minus three eighty five, very okay. parlayable. Um, my favorite parlay piece so far on the card. Undefeated prospect. You can't hate it. Yeah. Uh, and he's 29 versus 37. Um, but we shall see. And he's see. dominant, man. Dominant. There's yeah. no hole. I haven't seen any holes in his game yet. So Right. Um, but we shall see. Uh, moving on to the next fight. Lock this on one. one. <laughs> yeah, this one I don't think will be too in-depth of a breakdown. Logan Storley, the wrestling standout out yeah. of Arizona State. Uh, taking and fighting out of Sanford MMA now, taking on Team Alpha Male product, Omar Hussein, 25 years old, 6'1 versus 5'9. So we got a long, lengthy um, striker versus the wrestler in Storley, Omar Hussein, 8 and 2. Um, as I said, 6'1, uh, fighting on Team Alpha Male, uh, beat Yasin Najid, 8 and 2 guy by split decision in. Uh, a few weeks ago, March 19th, taking this fight against Logan Sorley on short notice, has a loss by guillotine choke to Solio Tahari. It was a 3-2-1 and one guy, and then also lost in the first round to Max Roshkoff in his second fight ever. A lot of guys lost in first round to Max Roshkoff. Besides that, uh, has a few wins by punches, has a triangle choke. I just don't think he is at all on the level of Logan Storley. Logan Storley is one of the best welter wrestlers. And it's Minnesota, not Arizona State, my mistake, that he wrestled at. Either way, great wrestling school. Coming off a split decision loss to Amosov, who might be the next welterweight champion. He's getting ready to fight for the belt here coming up. That was a really great like wrestler canceling out wrestler. Um, and they just who is the better MMA guy in Yaroslav just edged him out. Yaroslav 24 and 0, now 25 and 0. 
Uh, EJ Brooks, he had a win over. He beat Ian Pascu, who had some success early on in Bellator, uh, defeated Joaquin Buckley handily. AJ Matthews, he put away. Um, Matt Secor, he, he has very decent wins in Bellator. This is going to be his seventh Bellator fight. Omar Hussein's not on his level. Fighting out of Sanford. This is all Logan Storley all day. Um, and I would assume he's able to at some point take the back or get an arm triangle and submit Mr. Hussein. Yeah, Lo- Logan Storley is definitely a really uh, good prospect coming off that split decision loss to Amazov, who's currently 25-0 and and facing Douglas Lima for the welterweight champion. So if that went to Logan, Logan Storley, he could have been in – in that position. Um, I do not agree with the split. I thought Amazov won 29-28, but it was one of those fights, a lot of uh, scrambles, very mm-hmm. high-level scrambles, um, a very fun fight to watch if uh, you're a fan of uh, grappling. Yep. Usually grappling fights are boring, but that one was a lot of fun. Um, so that shows you Logan Storley can hang with the best in the world because Amazov could – could potentially be the next Bellator welterweight champion. Um, he's got close to Habib's record, 25-0, and 0, four more fights. He's on Habib's territory. But, yeah, I, I just like – I really like Logan Storley. Yeah. I underestimated him his last fight against Amazov. I went heavy on Amazov. I know I won, but it was still a split, and um, he, he gave me a little uh, worry. Like, I was just – a little nervous going to the scorecards because you never know, but I did score it 29-28 unanimous. Um, mm-hmm. He's beat Ian Pascal, uh, Joaquin Buckley. He's he was a minus 500 versus Joaquin Buckley, so that just shows you uh, how highly the odds makers rank this fighter yeah. because Joaquin. Well, Buckley, you, have you seen the odds for this fight? No, I have not. Uh, well, let's just save our breath. Minus. 1475 for Logan Storley. Oh, plus 975 on Omar Hussein. Omar Hussein's actually a team alpha male fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Six there's more. just levels to this. There's levels. Yeah, yeah it, it's 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 just a straight pass for me. It's not even and a doctor. Three of pass. his wins, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Omar Hussein. No, sorry. Split. Two of his wins are split decision wins. So yeah. Yeah, and two of his I mean, decisions. And Logan Storley went from I think a co-main event spot last time to a fifth fight on the prelims. So go figure that. Yeah. As, as well yeah. as, uh, in yeah. So we're moving so he on. Said here. Submission. Logan has no submissions on his record, so it yeah, might just be another decision win. Yeah, but I feel like arm triangles for a guy that tall with that thin, like in his, the position yeah. he'll be. In. He knows how to do an arm triangle. Like well, he definitely. Hope, yeah. So yeah, he's that coming out of Stanford MMA. Yeah, a lot of good grapplers. Gilbert uh, Burns, so yeah, many good grapplers. On. It moves us on. No options with that bet too. Patchy Mix, who also fought as a main event or co-main event in his last fight, now fighting on the prelims against uh, UFC reject uh, Albert Morales. Um, that's at least where I know Albert Morales from. Uh, One and he four a, in the UFC. Yeah, he had a very rough UFC run. 10, 6, and 1 overall for the Warrior Albert Morales. Take a look at him. 29 years old, 5'9", 73-inch reach. Uh, so that's all good numbers on two-fight win streak against Ron Skolsdang, a 5-3 guy he knocked out. And then Ryan Lilly, who I've heard of him, 
you know, he's a regional guy who is decently known. You got Dr. Stoppage three seconds into round three. Uh, so I don't know what happened there. And then they were supposed to fight in March of 2020, and then that got canceled due to the corona. He then got signed by Bellator. Is this also on short notice? Mm-hmm. It is? No, no, this fight's not. Oh, it's not. Okay. Um, his last loss did come to Albert Cotts. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Morales came in short notice. My bad. Okay, yeah, Morales, Morales did come in short notice. In short and then, notice. Uh, this was last James Gallagher. Okay, yeah, and then James Gallagher had to pull out. Um, that's right. Alfred uh, Kashakian is the last loss for Morales. He got knocked out by him. He also got armbarred by uh, James Barn Barnes. He got guillotined by uh, Bermudez, so a few submission losses. He's also been KO'd by uh, Thomas Almeida. He definitely has a, uh, fights a lot of close fights. His only win in the UFC was a split decision over Andre Sukumtov. Um, other than that, yeah, there's just our, you know, Albert Morales, he's a scrapper for sure. Um, he goes in there and fights hard, but patchy mix should have his way, uh, in the wrestling here. No love. The issue with him is always going to be his gas tank. Um, sometimes including his last fight, I think he gassed himself out against Juan Archuleta, uh, had some very good success early on in that fight, but kind of put it all in there and didn't have enough left for the five rounds. I just don't know if Morales is going to be able to push him to those uh, limits that uh, the champion did. I think that Patchy learned a lot from that fight. And just matchup-wise, Morales has a lot of holes that Patchy can exploit with his strengths. Um, that was Patchy's first loss. Uh, to the champion, um, so he is thirteen and one now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just like how he's looked in Bellator previous to this. Three first round finishes, all coming by submission. I just see another submission win for him here, uh, most likely first round for Patchy Mix. Yeah, Bellator is going to Bellator. It looks like in this fight, uh, uh, coming off a title fight where he was pretty competitive. He won the first two rounds to mm-hmm. fighting a Bellator debutant, ex-UFC fighter. UFC would never do this. If if you're coming off a title fight, you're not fighting a, somebody coming into the organization. But on the prelims? On the prelims, too. This is Bellator is going to Bellator, you know? Yeah. Um, Sometimes they just think they throw darts at the board to decide their order. Well, at the same time, he was supposed to face James Gallagher, so I'll I'll give him a pass there. They had to yeah, find. Yeah. A, uh, they weren't going to have him fight James Gallagher on the sixth fight of the prelims. No, that would have been if <laughs> if he was supposed to fight James. I think that would have been the co-main event. And that's the, just weird. The, the third fight. And that's just weird to me to like disrespect Patchy Mix like that and be like, oh well, no. I, 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 I like Patchy Mix a lot. Huh? Easy payday for him, in my opinion. Get back in the wing column. They do yeah. this in boxing all the time. They'll give a a high level opponent uh, somebody to just to get back on track. Albert Morales equals that billing to a T. Um, like Albert, Albert Morales is, like you said, tough, grindy fighter, but he he lacks, I think, the um, the athletic athleticism. Um, the size for sure. And um, Patchy Mix is so good at what he does. If he just sticks to his bread and butter, he's going to yeah. submit anybody on this roster. 
Um, he was on his way to beating Juan Archuleta. He just gassed out. So that's a learning lesson. He was on a 22-fight win streak before that, Yeah, counting his um, amateur. He got, Juan, um, he got Juan's back multiple times. Yeah, and Juan's just so crafty. We'll be talking about him later. He's one of the, the most experienced guys in Bellator as well. So losing to him by a 48-47 where you took two rounds off the champion, that's very high level to me. Patchy Mix also got that uh, backpack win over Ricky Bandejas like a yep. minute in. That was like He's like the Aljamain Sterling of Bellator in my opinion. Yeah, it's and, pretty uh, smart. I, yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna get a decision here, or like you said, submission. Like it could be easy, two and a half minutes in, or a minute in, it could be a submission win, which yeah. is what I'm hoping for because I I plan on putting him in parlays depending on the odds. Yeah, the odds are not looking too friendly. Minus nine hundred to minus nine fifty for Patchy. <laughs> uh, they're heavy. Plus five fifty for Morales. That says all we need to know there. Um, we're going to move on now. Fight to not go the distance. Oh, that's still minus 280. Yeah, we're going to move on to Larkin, Lorenz Larkin versus Rafael Carvalho. Carvalho coming in on short notice, former middleweight champion. I'll be right back, okay, man? Bellator. Yeah, no problem. Uh, also has fought at light heavyweight. Um in, I believe, his last fight, he fought at light heavyweight when he took on Alex Polizzi. Uh Alex Polizzi was able to kind of wrestle him down and control him. So uh, after the Vadim Nemkov loss as well, um, I think that, uh, yeah, Rafael decided to go back to middleweight where he had most of his success. He was a champion there. Um, however, a lot of his wins, not over the most amazing of competition, two wins over Melvin Manhoof. Um, one win over Alessio Sakara, a split decision with Joe Schilling. Uh, Brandon Halsey took his O. That was impressive. Uh, Brian Rogers, not really too impressed with him. So his Bellator record kind of mixed with some so-so wins. When he stepped up in competition, he's lost each time. Um, Lorenz Larkin now 22-7 and seven to Monsoon. Uh, former UFC uh, standout, uh, used to fight at welterweight. Um, in his last fight, he fought Kiete Nakamura in Bellator at welterweight. He's now moving up to middleweight. So we have a guy moving down from light heavyweight and a guy moving up from welterweight. Uh, Lorenz Larkin has always looked plenty big enough to go to middleweight. He's always fought at welterweight, however. Um, so far in Bellator, he's four and two, uh, all decisions, um, that he's won. And he also got knocked out by Paul Daly. Uh, Carvalho definitely could catch him, I think, but I think overall that, uh, Carvalho's shown the level of competition that he does well against. And I think Larkin is in that realm of competition that beats a uh, Carvalho, um, I want to see the weigh-ins for sure to see how Carvalho looks coming back down to 185 um, on short notice at that. Um, yeah, I, I do like Larkin still here. Um, you know, I think that he is going to look pretty good at 185, 34 years old. Um, I think that the weight cuts were probably getting too tough for him. And Carvalho coming back from 205 back down to 185, he's also 34 years old, so... Uh, 
yeah, I think this is an interesting fight. I think it potentially could be very close, but I'm going to go Larkin by decision. Yeah, this is a very close fight, and I I really can't uh, put my money safely on either of them. Um, Cavallo is coming in short notice, but he ha- he had an LFA fight lined up next week. Actually, we would have mm-hmm. been breaking that down. But um, was that at one eighty five or light heavyweight? Pardon? Was that one eighty five or light heavyweight? Um, it was against Sharif. I don't even. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. I'll take, I'll take a look. Go ahead. It, it was at 170. Or sorry, his his opponent was 170. So it must. It was probably a 185 fight. I'm guessing it was a middleweight. So either way, Carvalho was making his way back down. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, he's getting one more chance in Bellator here. He was on his way to LFA, but uh, short notice replacement coming back here. Um, he was a very good fighter in Bellator, like three successful title defenses as a middleweight. Look at who he beat. I don't understand what happened. Let Look me at who he beat. Look at the level of competition. Uh, Melvin Manhoff. Twice. Twice. And Alessio Sakara. Brandon Halsey shows Joe Schilling where it was actually a split decision. Split. I mean, these wins have some serious warts on them when you look at yeah, them. Yeah. Really it's one of the softest them. championship runs you'll ever see. But at the same time, he's lost to the very best, too. Vadim Nemkov, who's the champion right now, right. reigning defending champion, Gegard Mousasi, mm-hmm. Lyoto Machida, where one of the judges had him winning. Alex mm-hmm. Polizzi, that was a big shock. Um, Polizzi really just out-wrestled him. I think that was a 30-26. Yep. He does not belong in light heavyweight. He should have been in light heavyweight. He's coming back down. Lorenz is going up. Lorenz missed weight his last fight versus um, Keita Nakamura. So I understand why Bellator might have wanted him to move up or he made that decision on his own. Andre Korshkov, he fucking lost that fight. You guys watch that fight. Tell me he didn't lose that fight because Temecula judges are very sketchy. And um, he didn't win that fight. Eon Pascu came in short notice. If you saw him at the media day today, he was very pissed off. It seemed like every outlet he go, wait, what's your name? Where are you from? Every yeah. single one. It's like if somebody said something bad about him, he was gonna, he was gonna post it or something. He wanted to know their name and the outlet from everybody. It was very odd. Yeah. I don't know his mental, his his uh, mental space right now is a. Uh, I don't know. I there's just a lot of question marks on this fight. I think Rafael's a lot more hungry to get back in the win column. He's going to be the the bigger the bigger fighter here. They're both 34 years old. At the same time, I really might just pass on this fight altogether. Yeah, I, that's fair enough. I'm I'm a little more confident, I guess, in uh, Larkin and, but uh, you know, I mean, it is a minus 200 favorite for Larkin, so wow. that still is you know a little bit. But on this card where we're seeing minus sixes, minus eights, it, it just kind of feels good to see a minus two. I do think that it's a heavy favorite night, and I think Larkin fits in with the crew of people who have beat Carvalho, in my opinion. Um, if Larkin was if Larkin was over in LFA right now, I don't know who he would lose to in LFA at middleweight um, or welterweight either. So, just I, they're both thirty four though. This is a super important fight for both of them. It very well could be very close. Um, so. 
but I'm so on Larkin. Is what plus one eighty? Uh, we have yeah, Carvalho is a plus one sixty five. You know, so not bad. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, the weigh-ins will be interesting. Um, I just yeah, Rafael Carvalho, his past two losses have been in a weight class he shouldn't have been in. Um, I think he went there just to kind of get a refresh, a refresher of his career, yeah. trying to you know re refurbish himself. But it was the the wrong the wrong uh, yep. the wrong journey it's in my now opinion. Or yeah, it's now or so, never for sure. Uh, move on Let's to the next dog. fight here. Let's take next the fight here, one of the best, uh, and it's the prelim feature, and it's at 135 between Rafael Rafian Stotts, who we talked about quite a bit over the last couple of weeks with similar opponents and mm -hmm. of PFL guys and other guys. I mean, uh, he fought Mirab Devashvili as well. Taking on Josh Hill. We talked about Josh Hill a little while ago. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, when I talked about him, I kind of forgot he was on this card, and that is sure. just – that's how it That's goes with I Josh mean. Hill. Nobody knows about him. Yeah, you forget. 20 and 3, the 34. Gentleman. The gentleman, 34 and a half years old now, uh, 20 and 3. His losses, uh, real quick, have come to Taylor Lapuli by uh, split decision in TKO. Yep. It was a really close fight. Uh, Marlon Marias, no shame in there, w over in WSOF. And Marlon Marias. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then he has a loss on the Ultimate Fighter to Mike Wooden, which I don't know who that is. Um, but Ultimate Fighter season eighteen also had Mike a win over Mike Wooden. Yeah, also had a win over Patty Houlihan um, on that season. Uh, but yeah, Josh just he he's beat a lot of good competition. He beat Magomedov um, by split decision, a really excellent fight. He fights everybody very close. Has a ton of split decisions on his record, both wins and losses. Um, also has a few submission wins. Um, he beat Jesse Arnett, one of the better guys over in Canada. Coming off a good uh, dominant decision win of Eric Perez, his second straight decision win that looked really impressive for him. Um, Raytheon Stotts, 15-1, and one, another Canadian. So this is about the Canadian prospects. Although Stotts has the American flag, I thought he was Canadian prospect. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I crazy there? Who? Raytheon Stotts? No, he's not a Canadian prospect. I don't know why I thought that. Um, but three and three and zero in Bellator, regardless, had to win over Chaden Leheola, uh, who just we saw how good he looked against Edwin Garcia. Shout out to everybody who had that one. Um, definitely. One of those fights that we got to hear a lot about how wrong we were on, and Shaden looked really good. So that was a good win uh, for sure. Uh, Cass Bell ended up getting a finish by Raytheon and then a really dominant decision win for Raytheon over Keith Lee. Um, yeah, his only loss uh, came to Mirab Divashvili in the 15 seconds by a spinning back fist as a finish of Ryan Lilly. Uh, Levi Malls has a win over. Raytheon Stotts is a legit, legit bantamweight prospect, and Josh Hill's a legit, legit uh, bantamweight kind of gatekeeper almost. It's 34 versus 32. Both these guys are going to fight very mature and composed. I think they really match up well with each other. This, to me, I think is one of the closest fights on the entire card. Um, honestly, I feel that the public is going to be going with Stotts, but part of me really wants to take Hill. Um, we haven't seen Stotts get out um, IQ'd and out decisioned yet. His only loss again was a 15 second loss. I just think that 
how Hill looked against in his last two fights, he really looks to be hitting a stride in kind of the later part of his career here. So I'm just going to take a shot. I don't have a lot of dogs I'm feeling that crazy about. I'm going to take a shot on the dog Hill. I think this could be a split decision or a 29-28 type of decision. So I'm going to take Hill to just edge this one out just a little bit. Um, I like both guys a lot. I just think Hill's Hill's going to be a little bit low sharper. Yeah, like I agree with you. Um, this is probably the closest fight on the card. Hafeon mm-hmm. Stout's a very decorated wrestler, NCAA uh, D2 wrestler, 8-0 and as a collegiate wrestler. So not a lot of uh, collegiate wrestlers can uh, – can say that very impressive josh hill un, the, one of the most underrated canadian fighters of all time 21 three losses like you said two of them were to marlon marais while and that was when marlon was starching everybody a very a very good opponent he beat beck beck magomedov actually josh hill so that's a very very good win uh a very yeah, good Pardon? Definitely a good one. Yeah. And then, like you said, Patty Houlihan on um, the Ultimate Fighter, top five best Irish fighters, in my opinion. Um, Taylor Lapulis could have won either way. He's, I just can't really brag about his winning streak. I know Eric Perez was good. He's the first fighter to actually beat Eric Perez unanimously. So that's a big uh, feat in his mm-hmm. career. Jesse yep. Arnett's not a bad fighter. Vinicius, Vinicius Zani is kind of old and washed at this point. Um, Hafeon Stouts, just, it's going to be very tough to beat this guy, in my opinion. Uh, very good athlete. Um, one of the best wrestlers in the Bellator bantamweight division. Somebody's always got to go in Bellator here. Josh is 2-0. and Hafeon Stouts is 3-0. and Um Bellator usually doesn't do this. They won't match up two up-and-coming title contenders, but we got one here, and it's going to be a very good fight. I think it's going to be competitive all three rounds. I think Hafeon Stouts has faced the better opposition um, lately. Levi Moyles is one of the most underrated LFA fighters of all time. I think he should have been in the UFC a long time ago, and I think he still has a chance to be into the – to get into the UFC one day. So I really like fighters with a, a W over Levi. Uh, Half Acusto, a very uh, experienced opponent. Shaden, like we talked about, Caspell, Keith Lee. I just think these opponents are better than what Josh Hill has been facing. Josh Hill is a little older too. This is bantamweight. I think his, his reflexes are obviously still going to be there. But Hafeon Stouts is a problem in my opinion. Other than that fluke um, knockout loss to Marab, he's been flawless. Um, his scorecards have been flawless, too. He beat Ralph. Uh, there was a 30-26 in there. Shaden, 30-27. Kaz Bell, he finished late. Keith Lee, 30-27. Uh, he's got three out of his 15 wins in round three, so you know he can fight, fight to that uh, 10 to 15-minute mark and still be dangerous. Josh... Josh Hill is not a finisher at all. He's 8 out of 20 of his wins are finishes, so 40% finishing rate. Um, he's going to have to win by a decision, and I just don't see I just don't see him edging out a decision here, but 
he's 34. This is now or never. They're both really good fighters. I see at 29, 28, Hoffeon Stouts, but not my most confident pick on the card. Yeah, maybe I'm just a little bit dog hungry here, and I just feel um, that, yeah, Josh Hill does not get as many finishes as Stotts, and I think that he's the more capable decision fighter possibly. I just see an outpointing yeah. here just slightly. Um, I don't and, see uh, him. Stotts has a, Sergio Pettis is training with him, with uh, yeah. Rufus. So yeah, that's definitely him. big. Um, we get to the odds, minus 250 for Raytheon Stotts, plus 175 on Mr. Hill. I, I'll take it. Um, yeah. We'll move well, on. To, I'm just going to check the over quick. Or fight okay. to go the distance. It's probably going to be minus 300. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Fight goes to decision minus 210. So It's not bad. That, that might be yeah, Especially if you're on Stotts' end, uh, you know, and like a little bit worried about. I do think the only way Hill wins is edging out a decision. I don't yeah, see a finish so, happening. Yeah, we'll move. We'll move on now to the next fight here. This is at one seventy oh, between this is Michael Venom Page on the main card here, uh, opening it up against Derek Anderson. This fight's been made a couple times now, um, and it's finally going to come through here. Derek Anderson, thirty-one years old versus the thirty-four-year-old Michael Venom Page. Um, Derek Anderson, a former lightweight. Um, but was huge for the division at lightweight. Um, fought at welterweight in his last fight against Achilles uh, Mota. Got a nice head kick finish in round two. Um, he's on a three-fight winning streak currently. Uh, fought at catchweight in, I believe, two of these fights. Uh, in one of these fights uh, was a catchweight. The next was at 170 where he got a decision win. Uh, I think he's looked much better since moving up to 170. I do think he was a... He was a big 155-er, but it did slow him down. He has a win over Patricky Pitbull by split. Had a split against Brett Primus back when Brett Primus was much more an issue. Got submitted by Marcin Held. Uh, beat Saeed Awad. Um, yeah, he's got some good wins. Finished Brandon Gertz back in the day. Uh, actually, two wins over Patricky Pitbull. Uh, so you always like to see that for sure. Um, you know, he's a very tough guy, a good athlete. Uh, I think that this is a good matchup here with Michael Venom Page. Uh, Michael Page is currently on a four-fight winning streak since getting finished by Doug Lima. Uh, those guys, however, are Richard Keeley, Gianni Melito, and uh, Shinzo Anzai, a guy who was brought in to be absolutely sacrificed and was. And then Ross Houston, who I respect from Cage Warriors, but, um, you know, not – not the most threatening of guys in any particular um, spot. And Michael Van Page is able to kind of just play with his food, cruise to a decision here. I think Derek Anderson's going to make this fight tough. I think he um, is a tough guy to finish for sure. I believe that in Derek's three losses, he's been finished. What was it? I believe he's what? been finished one time and it was by a submission. So he's Fine. never been. Yeah, he's never been knocked out. He was submitted by Marcin Held, who I don't hold anybody losing uh, to Marcin Held against him. Michael Venom Page, I don't think has been fighting the best of competition these last four fights. I do think this is going to be his toughest fight uh, since his title fight. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not crazy betting Michael Venom Page. I just don't really know how much I can trust him at this point or really at any point. 
uh, 34 years old. I do think he's starting to look a little bit slower. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm not crazy. The way that Michael Venom wins is he gets a knockout for the most part. His decisions, I haven't yeah. been too impressed by. I do think Derek Anderson's very hard to put away. So this is a dogger pass for me. Um, I'll take Michael Page, but I'm very not confident. I would not bet it. I'll take Michael Page by decision, though. Yeah, Michael Page can uh, still edge out a decision here against Derek Anderson. Yeah. Um, his kickboxing is on another level. He's probably one of my top five favorite fighters. He did lose some stock when he fought Paul Daly because I told everybody to watch that fight, and it was a, a bit of a bummer. Um, a lot of grappling, not a lot of fireworks, as I told everybody. So... He still got the job done, though. He he outgrappled Paul Daly, which I I would have never predicted. Um, he did end up losing to Douglas Lima in the final, I believe. Was that? Uh, no, I think that was the semifinal. Yeah. And and he lost. Uh, yeah, it was a highlight reel knockout, leg kick to uppercut. Um, both opponents have are coming off. Uh, not the most formidable um, wins. Keeley's Mata is definitely a good win, but Gil Hermi Bamba and Zach Bucha for Derek Anderson. Um, yeah. Michael Page would have starched those guys. And Michael Page, Ross Houston actually is a decent opponent. Uh, he's yeah, he's okay. He's okay. And I thought the judges were going to give that to Ross Houston. I thought it was at least going to be a split. Maybe because I had a lot of money on Michael pa Venom Page and and I, I just got worried. I don't know. But I, I did not see it 30-27. I thought there was a little uh, controversy there. Uh, it was a very inactive fight, really. Like, both guys, a lot of inactivity. Um, Derek Anderson's not going to bring inactivity. He's, uh, he's what is he? What, what's his nickname? The Barbarian, I believe. The Barbaric. So... It's always a fight of the night potential with him. I think this is great matchmaking. I'm glad they rescheduled this fight. Yeah, I see it going all three rounds. And Michael Page is probably going to just outscore Derek Anderson um, by a decision. But Derek Anderson does have six knockouts. He's a very well-rounded fighter. Um, I just What are the odds? Because I, I might not be comfortable laying whatever the odds are on Michael Page. I'm seeing minus 290 to minus 330 for Mr. Michael Venom Page against a plus 250, plus 245 Derek Anderson. Um, That's not I, too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad, but I just wouldn't like to bet minus 300 and see a decision for Michael Page. That's Last time Michael Page was minus 300 was against um, – it's been a while. I think it was uh, – was it Paul Daly? Yeah, Paul Daly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, even minus three hundred, and I think Derek Anderson is less lesser of an opponent than Paul Daly, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Yeah, I, I think it's a good one. I think it's well matched up. We'll move on now to the third from the top. We got Patricky Pitbull, who we were just talking about yep. quite a bit. Um, lost twice to Derek Anderson. Uh, fighting above Derek Anderson here. Taking on yeah. Peter Quelly on short notice. Um, Peter Quelly, SBG product. 
12-5-1, known mostly for his walkout to Zombie by the Cranberries. Amazing walkout. Uh, mm-hmm. 5'9", 145, or 74 and a half inch reach, 32 years old now. Uh, Peter Quelly uh, got that finish of Ryan Scope, 10-2. and two. Uh, Ryan Scope uh, back in – but that was back in uh, September of 2019. Uh, he's been off since then, had a loss by split decision to Miles Price uh, at Bellator 217. Uh, has a win over David Kachatrian, who is a 24-3 and guy who's also fighting on May 7th, although in a different organization. But that appears to be a very good win, finish him in the first round. Uh, Peter Quelly has never been finished in any of his losses. Two, his last two losses are by split and majority. So he definitely likes to fight it close. Has another split loss early in his career as well to a 5-0 and guy. He's never been finished. Uh, for the most part, goes to decision himself. I think that he's going to look to make this a definitely a scrap, use his length against Patricky Pitbull, the worst of the Pitbull brothers. I'll say that right off the bat. The older of the Pitbull brothers. 23 and 9, 35 years old now, 5'7, is going to have a reach disadvantage as well, uh, which he usually does. Coming off a loss in Ryzen back in December of 2019 by decision to Tofik Musayev, uh, who is thir- 16 and 3. Before that, had a first round finish of a 10 and 1 guy, first round finish of Kawajiri. Uh, also had a split of Ryan Scope, so they do have the shared opponent. One finished him in the first round, the other had a split decision. Um, he finished Derek Compost back in the day. Um, yeah, this is a, I think this is an interesting fight, uh, for sure. I do like Peter Quelly and his ability to just keep it very close with most guys he's fighting with. Um, this is at 155, however, and Peter Quelly's last fight was at 170. I don't know how he's going to look coming into this fight. I'm not sure if he's fought at 170 or 155 prior to this, or if this is Quelly's. 155 debut well if that's the case definitely not crazy about you know about that type of matchup uh and him finding out against a guy in patricky pitbull is very experienced and very much a 155er um i think this is going to be close it's a decision most likely uh quelly has not been finished yet so i'll take patricky by decision uh on my card sbg's been struggling a little bit lately we saw carvalho not look very sharp recently. I'm not sure how strong of a camp SBG is at this point. Yeah, they actually have a bit of a feud, SBG Ireland and uh, and the Pitbull brothers. So we're coming into this fight with a, a little bit of heat on both ends. Peter Queeley traveling from Europe to get here. Uh, first time fighting since uh, the bubble has been implemented. Mm-hmm. But same thing for uh, Patricky Pitbull. But at least Patricky's been there for his brother in his corner. He's yep. experienced the the uh, atmosphere without any fans, the quiet atmosphere. Um, Peter Queeley, definitely a good fighter. Uh, underrated for sure. I, like I think he's one of the best Irish fighters in my opinion. Uh, Sounds I like your dog a- wants a dog. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah, please, Queeley. It's Queeley all day. Chloe, <laughs> take the dog. <laughs> I want to take the dog, but I get it, man. I was tempted, but I just couldn't. I don't have the heart. No, I just uh, there's so many X factors here, and even if Peter does arguably win, Bellator is going to Bellator, and 
Just Here's got to really win to win decision. Yeah, that's a great point. And same with uh, Michael Page. You have to really beat him to win a decision because great Ross point. Houston, I really thought arguably beat him, but Bellator is weird. Even with Julia Budd a couple weeks ago. And this, is in, and this is in Connecticut where it's like Bellator's home away from home. Yeah, they're going to get away with anything they want. So even Good if point. it's a split decision, Patricky Pitbull, I think, is going to pull this off. He's uh, He's got uh, Jose Augusto uh, fighting on this card, too. Yes, His he does. Pedro Cavallo. Um, they have a bit of a, like I said, a, a bit of a, a war going on between the gyms. So a bit more to lose here and a bit more to win. And Patricky Pitbull has only lost to the best of the best. It, well, Derek Anderson split decision loss. He lost to him by unanimous also. Oh, yeah, he did win twice. But yeah. he got that one back. He did knock out Derek. Oh, no, that was Derek Campos. Did Derek Campos. Derek yeah, Campos he knocked out, not Anderson. No, I can't believe. Yeah, Anderson, good on him. Good yeah, on him. Dude, those. Yeah, and he was probably yeah. a huge dog in both those. And, yeah, this is another rescheduled fight. They were supposed to fight uh, just a few months ago in Ireland, but it got canceled, unfortunately. I was looking forward to that. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go Patricky Pitbull by decision, but it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. And Yeah. yeah. It's not, a, not terrible guess. odds here for Patricky. Minus 275. I, I like that, frankly. Um, yeah. You know, you can parlay that for sure with a – you know, with like the patchy mix and the, you know, the a few other, the Henry Corrales, like these bigger odds and having that minus 275 to help it along is good for sure. Uh, plus like the distance is plus 150. Yeah, which I like as well uh, quite yeah, a bit. Definitely. Plus, yeah, plus 235 on Peter Quelly. Uh, we will move on now to the co-main event of the evening. Uh, and it is not Julius Anglicas fighting. It is Jose Augusto Azevedo who I actually like quite a bit after doing some tape research on him. Uh, I'm pretty impressed by what I've been able to see out of him. Taking on Anthony Rumble Johnson, making his return to MMA after being retired for several years and gaining a lot of weight at times and kind of coming back and then not. But Jose Augusto Azevedo, um, he's, the, he's 29 years old, 6'3", 73-inch reach. Uh, Fayad, the Pitbull brothers, as you said, had a really impressive Bellator debut where he put away Jonathan Wilson with a slick arm triangle choke, his second submission win of his career. Um, has really good calm stand-up, uh, had a first-round finish prior to that, um, throws good leg kicks, has just good Muay Thai overall. Uh, hasn't faced the craziest level of competition, but Jonathan Wilson's a legit guy. Um, also Jose Santos, 10 and three. Uh, yeah, I think this is an interesting short notice replacement for sure. Uh, I find him quite worthy. Anthony Rumble Johnson, 37 years old now, uh, 6'2", 78 inch reach. So he's got a five inch reach advantage, uh, has had a grappling bout back in December of 2020. He lost, uh, in overtime, got heel hooked by Craig Jones in July of 2019. Then his last MMA fight. April 2017, where he hardly showed up against Daniel Cormier and got choked out pretty quickly. Um, you know, the way Anthony wins is first-round knockouts. Uh, has a first-round knockout of Glover Teixeira in 13 seconds. Uh, had a ground-and-pound finish of Ryan Bader in a minute 30. Got a beginning of a second-round finish of Jimmy Manua. 
Got choked out again by Cormier. First round finish of Gustafson. First round finish of Noguera. I mean, then he had a decision, but I mean, for most part, it's first round or bust for Anthony Rumble Johnson. Um, and I don't know. I just got a weird feeling about this fight here. I have been wondering how, what kind of Anthony Johnson we are going to see after four years off, after seeing how much weight he's gained uh, in between these four years and then lost. He started a few companies that have failed. Um, he was getting ready to fight UL Romero, which I think would have been a much more comfortable fight for him, fighting a guy at a similar point in his career. Acevedo, 29 years old, 7-2. and two. He's just getting started here. He looks really dangerous to me. Uh, long story short, I saw the odds. I'm taking a shot at the dog here, man. I'm taking a shot at Jose Acevedo. Uh, I think that this is his biggest fight of his career. I think there are multiple ways he can win. I particularly like the grappling submission route for him. I'd like a second round submission for Jose uh, Augusto Acevedo. I'm taking the dog here. I have no faith in really Anthony Rumble Johnson, and I know he's a huge favorite here. So I don't think after four years off and uh, just I I don't question if Luis, if Jose wants to be in this game, I do question Anthony Johnson and the odds have made the choice for me. Jose Augusto is my choice. Submission round two. Yeah. Before we started this video, we both said there's an underdog we both like. This might be the one because uh, coming into this, I, I was trying to find ways to fade Anthony Johnson. Me too. Because I'm assuming he's a huge favorite. Um, Julius on Lakis, I believe they did reach out to him. And because he went three rounds, maybe something happened. But uh, Julius isn't the one to go on social media and make a big deal about anything. He'll mm -hmm. get a shot eventually. Uh, Jose Augusto is still a, a good opponent. If he never beat Jonathan Wilson, I would still know. I would still never know who Jose Augusto is. Um, Fair enough. Anthony Johnson, four years off, uh, only faced the best of the best in the UFC. Uh, even as that decision went over Phil Davis, which I I hold pretty highly, even though that was like what seven years ago at this point. But mm -hmm. uh, it's it's hard to hard to say how Anthony Johnson's going to look after five minutes of, of uh, MMA fighting. He, he has been grappling, but that's, that's a totally different ball game. Um, and it's only five minutes and then it goes into overtime rounds. So uh, after five minutes, he usually looks gassed. I know he has the, his uh, marijuana businesses. He's a, he's a part of the, He's part of the BKFC. I know he promotes that. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a it's just a big question mark on Anthony Johnson. I love the guy, man. Like he used to be one of my favorite fighters. Definitely. When he went in there, you would just know he would. He's gonna throw down and just nine out of ten times he's gonna starch his opponent. Um, Jose Augusto's never been knocked out, but there's a first for everything here. Um, Jose Augusto is also coming in short notice. I've heard a lot of good things about Anthony Johnson's camp, how good he looks, uh, how sharp he looks. Uh, his manager's Ali Abdelaziz, a very notable manager. Sanford MMA, uh, he's training with Logan Storley, obviously. So I think even if he can't get this round one knockout, it's very questionable how he looks. But if he looks anything like he did 
four years ago, he should still be able to knock out the unknown Jose Augusto or win a decision, but it's like there's so many options this week with Bellator, PFL, and UFC where I'm very happy to just pass on uh, this type of fight. Yeah, and I'm the gambler. I'm the one who doesn't have – I'm not selling my picks or anything. I bet with my heart. I'm going for the dog here in Jose Augusto. Uh, I might take I just, a flyer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm not – you know, and I don't have to Where bet too much. Uh, plus 340 for Jose Augusto, minus 465 on Anthony Rumble Johnson, who has not fought in four years, um, who has one route to victory. Um, yeah, I just think that uh, this is an interesting one uh, for sure, uh, and it's one of the few dogs on this card I really can get behind fully and believe. I'm not um, going to be parlaying Anthony Johnson. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, so um, maybe – you know, maybe I'm just a little dog thirsty here through well, that's 11 just what fights. The one I was talking about before we started, I, I've, yeah, I yeah, liked it's definitely is the one I was talking about. Um, was it? So we're gonna, we're gonna move on now to the, the main, main event. event of the evening, the um, bantamweight title fight between Juan Archuleta, who won the uh, bantamweight title over a five round uh, performance against Patchy Mix, where he came back from being down. Two rounds to none. Uh, again, pretty dominant in the grappling realm. Taking on Sergio the Phenom Pettis. Sergio Pettis. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I have been for a while. Um, I just think the pressure he came in with his career under was unlike many others. Maybe like an Aaron Pico had that level of expectations. But I remember when Sergio Pettis came in and the expectations that were lofted on him were insane. 20 and 5 now. Uh, a three-fight win streak, uh, won his final fight in the UFC against Tyson Nam, then came in and got a first-round finish of Alfred Kasakian um, by guillotine and then had a very impressive win over Ricky Bandejas. Um, losses for uh, Sergio coming by decision to Henry Cejudo, Juicier Forminga, Rob Fond. He got knocked out by Ryan Benoit <laughs> and got submitted by Alex Caceres. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Those were both about six or seven years ago, however. Uh, has a win over Brandon Moreno. Has a win over John Moraga. Uh, I really like John Moraga. Chris Carriasso. Joseph Benavides has a split win over. Uh, he's fought the who's who. Um, and Juan Archuleta also has a pretty impressive record and resume. 25-2 and two now. Had that impressive win over Patchy Mix. Defeated Henry Corrales. At 145, lost to Patricio Pitbull, but was not finished in that fight. It was a really tough fight. Has a win over Eduardo Dantas, got a finish in that one. Defeated Ricky Bandejas, Jeremy Spoon, Robbie Peralta. Really impressive resume here uh, for um, Juan Archuleta. Uh, never has been finished uh, in his two losses. Uh, well, in one loss, his other loss was uh, back in 2015 to a 0-0 guy, and he got triangle. Um, I don't see Sergio. Yeah, I don't see Sergio pulling that off. And uh, just overall, I think this is a very, very difficult matchup for Sergio Pettis. This just is the type of guy who beats a Pettis brother. Uh, heavy pressure wrestler with solid striking, good strength. Um, I just think the control of Juan Archuleta is going to be too much. The gas tank, the Five-round experience, the size, um, 
Sergio Pettis is like a 130 guy, I swear. He's not quite a 125er, not a 135er, and there is no 130 division. And Weiner Chaletta coming down from 145 looks very strong. His gas tank looks strong. I just think he has a champion-level performance here and uh, takes a five-round decision. Juan Archuleta, I think, just matches up very well with Sergio Pettis. And uh, I, I have a trouble seeing the route to victory, unfortunately, for Sergio Pettis. A guy I'm a huge, huge fan of. Really glad. He's over in Bellator. I just, based on a win over Ricky Bandejas and Alfred Kasakian, I'm just not sure if he's justified this title shot yet or if he's answered the questions of the type of guy who beats him, which Juan Archuleta kind of fits in with the three decision win losses that Pettis has on his record. So I like Juan Archuleta use the wrestling cage control and get a decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you here. Um, Juan Archuleta, bantamweight champion currently. Sergio Pettis, uh, the challenger, uh, 3-0, and I believe, in Bellator. Yep. Sorry, 2-0. and Two and zero. With that guillotine finish, I'm like, wow, this is a different Sergio Pettis because he didn't get one finish in the UFC. No, Alfred Kazakian though is just—he's the guy who got embarrassed by uh, Sean O'Malley on the Contender series. Oh, that's right. And Albert Morales <laughs> lost to him. Yeah, who we yep. were talking about earlier. So, uh -huh. so yeah, he—he's made his way around to the main event here. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, Sergio Pettis looked like a phenom in that Bellator debut. I'm like, oh, we got a different Sergio on our hands. And then he fought Ricky, and it was like, oh, well, we're back to the same Sergio, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but he I did like Sergio. I like Sergio. I don't like, I'm not going to agree with that, but yeah. Yeah, the Taekwondo karate style is a lot of fun. It's just he's not a – both these guys aren't big finishers. They mm -hmm. have a very low – uh, finishing rates. Uh, Juan Archuleta, Juan Archuleta, twelve out of twenty-five out of his wins are finishes, so forty-eight percent. Sergio Pettis, seven out of his twenty wins are finishes, thirty-five percent. So, <laughs> I'm, it's very likely this is going to be going twenty-five minutes. Yeah. And uh, Juan is a lot more experienced in five-round championship fights. Mm -hmm. He's not only been a champion in Bellator, but He's been a champion in TFE, Gladiator Challenge, King of the Cage, as a bantamweight and a lightweight, uh, CFL, uh, King of the Cage again as a 160-pound champion, King of the Cage featherweight champion. They might as well just name it Juan Archuleta, King of the Cage. Like Juan Archuleta of the Cage. Of the Cage, yeah. J-O-T-C. He took, he took every belt in that organization. So, and if you guys have watched the show Kingdom on Netflix, he's actually uh, an actor on that show. He's uh, oh, yeah, he, I've heard good things about that show. I haven't watched very it. Very good show. I highly recommend. I hope they bring it back. Um, yeah. But other than that, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a family man. He's a father. Those two losses, like you said, the first one was a triangle choke very early in his career. And then he went up to 145 to uh, challenge for the – the featherweight championship in Bellator to uh, the reigning double champ Patricio Pitbull. I don't give, I don't blame him for losing. Um, at least he went out there and didn't get finish, finished. Yep. Um, Henry Corrales did blame Juan for not fighting, but I think it was just a style matchup, and Henry's just a little salty on the decision there. 
I do hope they run it back one day because I don't think neither neither guy won that fight that night. It really should have been a draw. Uh, but Sergio is a fly. He used to be a flyweight. He's definitely grown into a bantamweight frame. Um, I just think when it comes to championship rounds, Juan's going to be the the fresher athlete. We saw against Patchy Mix, he's got a, a gas tank that can go all 25 minutes. He's more well-rounded, in my opinion. But Sergio Pettis is great at making rounds look a lot closer than they are. And uh, I really can't be surprised if Sergio pulls off a split. But at the end of the day, I'm picking the reigning champion, Juan Archuleta, by a 48-47 decision. I like I like it. And, uh, yeah, the the dogs obviously agree. Dogs um, taking one. Yeah, dogs are taking the favorite here, but uh, minus one seventy for Juan Archuleta. I am shocked by those odds. I think that is absolutely parlayable. I think it's one of the best values on this entire card to nearly get Juan Archuleta at even or dog money on yeah. a card like this. Simply is because Sergio's last name, in my opinion, because I yeah. think the way these guys match up, the the guys who Sergio's lost to fit the mold of Juan Archuleta. The guys Juan Archuleta has beat fit the mold of Sergio. Uh, it's not going to be exciting, quote unquote, but it's going to be, I think, uh, thorough. Technical. Yeah, technical. I think like a 49 46 type of decision for Juan. Yeah. Minus 170, parlay that with uh, two of your favorites on the card, and you've got even money. Um, even or if it's. Or even uh, mix, mix it up with some PFL picks. Check out our video we did yesterday. Uh, yep. Aaron got the timestamps on there, so very yes. easy to navigate to the fights. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll have the timestamps up for this. But, uh, yeah, that's going to conclude our Bellator. Right in time for the PFL weigh-in. <laughs> yeah, right in time for the PFL weigh-in. But that's going to conclude our Bellator 258 betting breakdown show here. Um, yeah, overall, uh, very good card. I see two to three underdogs in all, in my opinion, that at least I'm taking a shot on. Uh, the biggest one for me, I am taking Jose Augusto. Uh, yeah. So go ahead and let me know in the comments how stupid I am. I thought uh, you were going to call me stupid for betting him, for saying yeah. he has a chance today. Yeah, no, and uh, but, you know, we can call each other stupid. But, uh, you know, if you want to be nice in the comments too, that's cool. But if you want to, whatever. We appreciate all the comments. All You know, we appreciate all the comments, whether they're Boston comments or other comments. We appreciate them all here. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. 3.30 for the UFC uh, breakdown show. This week, the UFC might have the weakest card of the three uh, promotions. Yeah. It's Arguably, it's, yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. But uh, either way, there's money to be made on that card for sure. Um, I definitely like a few spots. I think if you pick and choose between these three cards and are really smart about your betting selections, you can make for another profitable weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and so... For Aaron, uh, the dog, for Brandon of MMA Wagers, until next time, we are out. Keep taking care of each other out there and cash those bets. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>